Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the State of California. Doug Sovereign is off today. As you know, the fire season in California is growing longer because of a number of factors, not the least of which is climate change. And while California has been accused in the past of not managing its forests in a way to lessen the risk of wildfire, almost half of the forests in the state are actually managed by the U.S. Forest Service, a federal agency. We wanted to go in-depth on the relationship between California and the U.S. Forest Service and how both are combating future disasters with pay inequities and the threat of climate change. So we turn to the chief of the U.S. Forest Service, Randy Moore, who is a Bay Area native, having grown up in Fairfield, and who knows about the changes we've seen when it comes to wildfire dangers over the years in the state. So I was in the North Bay. Fairfield is where I actually live. And and, uh, our regional headquarters was actually located in Vallejo. How long have you been in this particular position? So I've been the chief. I just finished up my one year last week. <laughs> so Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I, did, I did. I did about the first six months there out of California. You know, during the pandemic and we weren't moving. Um, so I actually um, stayed in California for the first six months. And as you know, uh, growing up in Fairfield, the fire behavior has changed over the years. I remember covering a fire up in, I believe, in Northern California, up in the Redding area, where it wiped out 100 homes. And that was unheard of. And this was back in, I want to say, 2008, 2007. And it just seems like every year it's getting worse. There's more damage. There's more casualty. Talk about what you've seen since you grew up in Fairfield and how things have changed in California. Well, I, you know, the, the, the fire that you're talking about was actually my first year there as regional forester. And uh, we have since had a number of fires up in the Napa area, you know, the Napa fires and, and that whole area where San Francisco actually was uh, flooded with some of the smoke from those fires. And, you know, it, it awakened the people's, um, sensitivity to wildfires, I believe, in California when you begin to see the smoke in some of our major metropolitan areas. You're absolutely right. Uh, Over the last five years in particular, uh, we have seen increasing numbers and intensity of fires. And we've seen uh, a number of things that really contribute to that. We've got three main uh, components that really contributes to the situation that we have. First, I would have to say climate change and the warming climate, what it is doing. But you know, when you combine that with overstock, over-dense forest, uh, that complicates it. And then when you look at the number of homes that are being built in these wildland urban interfaces, what you have is a threesome that's pretty devastating when a fire does happen. You talk about the severity of some of these fires getting worse because of, of climate change. 
But it's a very complicated issue when it comes to California because most of California's forest land is owned by the U.S. government. And as you know, over the past couple of years, California has been slammed for its policy when it comes to managing its forests. Talk about how you guys are managing that in California. Is there a collaboration? How do you handle that and reconcile those those feelings from some of the critics? So, so I'll tell you, uh, what I've always appreciated about California is that they are in a unique position and they're doing something that's fairly unique uh, across the country. Uh, California uh, has um, a partnership with the federal government that's almost unmatched to, in many places. Uh, but I also think that while it's not totally unique, what I've appreciated about working in California is that the partnership uh, is excellent. And it's not just with the state, but it's with our partners, all of our partners across the state there. And I'm seeing the same thing across the United States where everyone knows that no one entity, or no one agency can really adequately address the problems and the situation that we're seeing out here. It takes all of us. And I am seeing where we are bringing partners to the table like we have never done before. And so what we have done, particularly since I've been in this position, we're looking at how can we make it easy for our partners to partner with us? Um, because it can be pretty challenging at times. And so uh, about a week ago, I had looked at changing and shifting our policies around agreements uh, where it uh, allowed more flexibility and it, made, it just simplified the process to be our partner. California in particular has a great partnership. You may or may not know that the state and the Forest Service has agreed to treat 1 million acres per year. That's their goal. And when, you, when they talk about treating 1 million acres per year, uh, it's all lands, and 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 I think it's going to take all lands approach in order to make a difference out there. And when you look at the bipartisan infrastructure legislation, which allows us to work with partners like California, like they're in California, what it does is says, look, let's take, let's sit down and talk about what needs to happen, and let's talk about how we can bring all our resources to bear to address this problem. And I see that taking place. I see our partners sitting down, uh, taking on uh, large portions of this. What's also ironic is that, you know, when we talk about the Forest Service fires or the state fires or the private fires or the tribal fires, you know, it makes no difference of what the facts are. Because to be honest with you, most fires do not start on national forest managed land. Although fires on national forest land can be very devastating to communities and others simply because of the conditions that I mentioned. Uh, you know, the, the wildland urban interface growth, the climate change and the overstocked forests, which can really burn off national forests onto private lands. But we have a number of those fires that burn and start off on other lands and burn onto national forests. But you see, if that becomes the, the topic of the subject to debate, we're not gonna get anywhere. And that's why, regardless of where that fire originates, we have to look at trying to create conditions on the landscape that will address the problems that we see across the West. I see. And that is sitting down, that's looking at protecting these communities that are at risk. And when you look at 
what we have tried to do with our partners is to map all across the West, really all across the country. Let's talk about the West, though. These fire sheds, which are about 250,000 acres, rough, roughly. And, and so when you look at those fire sheds, those prairie fire sheds where communities are at risk or municipal watersheds are at risk or those values that we care about are at risk, you know, we got to do something. And that's what we're trying to do with the bipartisan infrastructure language. It's given us about $3 billion to really look at trying to address this problem of reducing hazardous fuel because we know that that is one of the primary um, uh, agents of some of these, the uh, historic nature of these fires. You know, and, and Randy, it's got to be very tough to complete that goal when the pay disparity is so different. We are doing a report this afternoon with our uh, Matt Bigler who uh, reminds us that Cal Fire is paying at the minimum $20 an hour and the U.S. Forest Service is only able to pay 15 How much of a challenge is that when it comes to pay disparity to get, to get the help? Because I understand that you're down about 25% as far as employees and help. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it varies geographically across the West. Um, you know, yeah, I'll give you an example. We, we sometimes get into these unnecessary debates about percentages and numbers. And, you know, I can tell you that as of uh, our last pay period, we're at about 97% of the workforce that we had planned to hire and fire. But saying that number misses where we have gaps that are larger than the 3%. And you mentioned uh, that just now. We know that in places like the Pacific Northwest and California, where the labor pool is low and the pay isn't as competitive as we would like it to be, uh, that we have some issues with retention, but as well as recruitment. And you know, when you look at it, it's the same across this country. So the Forest Service is not exempt from the labor uh, issue that we see that's taking place across the country. And it's showing up, unfortunately, uh, in the areas of firefighters. Thank you to our guest, Randy Moore, Chief of the United States Forest Service. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.